When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is a big game up next for the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night football NFC showdown between Dallas and the Seattle Seahawks. Tonight, we'll get into the keys of the game. Let's go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Thank you. So much for joining me on this Wednesday night. The calm before the storm, because for the second consecutive week, the Cowboys play a Thursday game. So tomorrow night, it is a game day, which really just hit me about 60 minutes ago when I was preparing the show. I was like, oh, damn, we've got a Cowboys game day tomorrow. Uh, I'm not a fan of having two back-to-back Thursday games, but it is the way it is uh, when you are a Cowboys fan. So. Let me show you the script very quickly tonight. We'll take a quick, you know, glance at the injury report because there are a lot of big developments there, especially on Seattle's side uh, side of things, but still relevant to the game. So we'll go through them very quickly. Then we'll get into the keys to the game. We've got several of them, including the challenge ahead for the Cowboys offense. And the reason why I'm very excited about this game because man I'm feeling the hype I might have just it might have just dawned on me that tomorrow we've got a Cowboys game day but I'm already hyped I'm feeling that pregame hype uh, very strongly and we'll get into why in a little bit here on the show and then to close out the this episode of primetime we will have the betting the Cowboys segment which is basically our scoreboard prediction Paired with a bet on the Cowboys game, we are nine and two for the season. So looking forward to making that ten wins for us, uh, so we can keep racking in that money. So welcome everyone into the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I see Greg in the show. I see Toxic, Mark, Bruce. Shout out to all of you. I see Katharina as well. Who else we've got around here? Um, sorry if I missed anybody, but thank you so much for tuning into the show right now and as always shout out to the podcast audience as well who listens to this show on audio you can find it on spotify itunes and all of your favorite podcast platforms if you prefer the audio version now let's get to it because the injury report had some interesting developments especially on the seahawks and but first cowboys nothing to worry about everyone practiced on Wednesday, which is more relevant than your usual final injury report because those usually come on Friday when the Cowboys don't really do anything. Usually, when the Cowboys play on Sunday, 
the real final practice takes place on Saturday when we don't have uh, quite an injury report. We basically just get updates based on if something happened on that practice. So usually when we do get a Saturday day before the game kind of update, it's usually something negative. Now we did get a full injury report for the real final practice of the Cowboys the day before the game because it's a Thursday week for Dallas. And everyone was full uh, a full participant. Micah Parsons was ready to go. He missed Tuesday's practice with an illness. Now he is ready to go. Nothing to worry about. So if you were worried in the slightest about Micah's appearance on the injury report, don't be. They are ready to go. Uh, that also means Jaron Kears will be in a position where he is going to be back likely. He missed last week's game with a back injury. Everything points towards him being ready to go uh, for Thursday night football. So a big return, key return on defense. Uh, the Seahawks do have uh, Noah Fant at tight end. And you look at his numbers, and maybe he's not the most targeted playmaker that they have on offense, but they do spread the football around so the, so the numbers can be a little bit deceiving. Uh, Noah Fant, definitely an important part of a Gina Smith-led offense. So pretty good to have Jaron Kears back on the lineup for this one, in my opinion. Now, as I said, on the one more note, actually, on the Cowboys injury report, uh, Peyton Hendershot, a full participant yet again. Uh, the Cowboys tight end is in his practice window. It's a 21-day 21 day practice window. Uh, he's got basically a full week left. So the Cowboys could very well enter week 14 and still activate him ahead of the Philly game. But for now, we don't know exactly what the plan with Hendershot is. And it is definitely tricky. Uh, we had seen Luke Schoonmaker struggle with the Cowboys as a rookie. But I'm not sure if the Cowboys see Hendershot as a better option at this moment. And I mean that as in we can't really know for sure, because we've seen Schoonmaker basically be the number two guy for the Cowboys offense all season long. And whatever the results have been, I also do not think that Hendershot is anything that's been well established enough for him to basically enter this game and uh, enter this game and uh, take over Schoonmaker's role is what I mean. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not sure he'll get activated for this game, but it could still happen. Uh, I wouldn't expect, though, Hendershot for tomorrow. That's just my gut feeling uh, as of right now. Now, on the Seahawks side of things, that's where things get interesting on the injury report. First and foremost, I think this is the biggest note. It hasn't been on the headlines, but I would point towards that being the biggest injury update for this game. Abe Lucas, starting right tackle, was taken off the injury report uh, after being in it all week long. So that would likely mean that the Seahawks right tackle, who had the, who they have missed since week one, is making his return against Dallas. Now, it's important because Seattle has struggled at right tackle. They brought in Jason Peters, gave him some looks in there. Uh, Stone Forsythe, who was a previous backup right tackle, was not working out for them at, at all. We actually looked at some numbers here on the show. 
earlier in the week. I have them somewhere here. Five pressures against the 49ers in 26 pass blocking snaps. And then Jason Peters enters the game and he also struggles a whole lot. Three pressures in 12 pass blocking snaps with one penalty as well. So that was the weakness of the offensive line for Seattle. But now it seems like Abe Lucas is ready to come back, which would mean he's going to get the start tomorrow night. To be fair, he is dealing with a knee injury. It didn't seem like it was always a fact that he was going to return for this week. So I'm not exactly sure what to expect from that matchup. Uh, Plus, Abe Lucas, sure, promising young player on the rise, but I wouldn't give him any sort of edge against Micah Parsons because Micah remains one of the best defenders in the entire NFL. So one matchup to watch, even, even with Abe Lucas returning, is Micah against Lucas. He should have the upper hand on that battle. Uh, and it's a tough welcome back, man, for Lucas. Imagine, you know, you get hurt in week one, and then you see your team go on without you. Finally, you're ready to return. You look at the schedule, and who's next? It's the Dallas Cowboys with Micah, and then an army of quality pass rushers behind him. Uh, definitely not a fun welcome back party for uh, Abe Davis. Something to watch very closely tomorrow night, in my opinion. Uh, that's one of the big injuries on Seattle side of things. The other is starting running back, Mr. Kenneth Walker, out for this game. Well, no, actually, let me rewind that. Doubtful, which in other words means out. Uh, 99.9% of the time. I think Max Crosby for the Raiders is the only player this NFL season to have played in a game with a doubtful status, and he made that happen uh, last Sunday. So do not expect Kenneth Walker to be ready to go tomorrow. That means that the Seahawks running game, which hasn't been great anyways, is going to be missing their starting running back. So expect a lot of Zach Charbonnet, the rookie running back, has been pretty fun to watch. Uh, he's had some moments, but still uh, maybe not a whole lot of pressure for the Cowboys against the Seahawks run. So maybe the run defense will remain a question until week 14 when the Cowboys play the Philadelphia Eagles. Bruce says, Mo, is this a Kelvin Joseph revenge game? <laughs> oh, man. You know it's not. <laughs> you know it's not a Kelvin Joseph revenge game. I don't see how he takes the playing field, uh, honestly, other than special teams. I'm not sure. <laughs> People were like, oh, yeah, he's going to give the uh, the Seahawks their secrets. I'm not sure if that is even that kind of signing, honestly. Uh, I'm not sure any of that is going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, pretty pretty random if you ask me that uh, Kelvin Joseph is on that football team. You know, he was traded. To the Dolphins, you know, in the Noah Igbinajin, uh, Kelvin Joseph trade, which has been absolutely irrelevant, <laughs> right? We maybe thought that, hey, maybe Noah could be some good depth for Dallas. And maybe at some point they'll turn to him. Hopefully not, though, because when he did take the playing field, did not look pretty. And he's been inactive uh, since then. So I don't think that we're going to see a whole lot of uh, Noah Igbinajin either in, in the rest of the season. That being said, though, that's basically the updates on the injury front. I think those two on the Seahawks side are pretty important. 
especially Abe Lucas returning to the playing field. And that will be a fun matchup to watch on this one. Now, moving forward, let's get right into the keys to the game. But not before I shout out Katharina, who is keeping an eye out on the likes. She says there's 36 of us in here and only 16 likes. Let's get that count up, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you enjoy the show, take half a second to hit the thumbs up. It really helps us put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Let's move on to the keys to the game. And man, number one key to the game for me is going to be surviving the Geno Smith bomb attacks. And what I mean by that, before you're like, what kind of bombs are we talking about? I was surprised to see that Dak Prescott and Geno Smith actually have the same percentage of dropbacks, the deep throws. And by deep throws, I mean 20 plus yards, according to PFF. According to PFF, they are both in the top five and they actually have the same exact percentage of deep passes in terms of the percentage of their dropbacks this season. So Gino and the Seahawks, man, and you can also watch it on tape. You can see that they like to push the ball downfield and not necessarily with play action because actually both Gino and Dak are among the quarterbacks that use the least play action in the NFL, but they do like to, to test secondaries by throwing some bombs. And hey, how could you not uh, with DK Metcalf on the team? And then you've got AJ, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, Tyler Lockett, sorry. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba on your offense. You would assume that they're going to push the football downfield. Even if DK has not been the same guy in contested throw situations, we talked about that briefly. Yesterday, he is one for 13 when on, on 50-50 balls, which is astonishingly low for somebody like DK. You know, big-bodied receiver, physical, can fight with most cornerbacks to high point the football. Not this year, though. One for 13. Last year, it was something like 23-24 out of 47 attempts. So pretty crazy to me that DK Metcalf, for some reason, is not working out very well. For, for the Seahawks in contested throw situations. But he is still a very solid receiver, obviously. And you know that there are going to be some reps there between De'Ron Bland and him and Stephon Gilmore and him that are going to be fun to watch. Now, although Gino also likes to push the ball downfield, the Cowboys are much better doing it than the Seahawks. Uh, even though... Both quarterbacks are tied in terms of how often they do it. Dak Prescott has a 54 completion rate when throwing for over 20 yards. And he, that is the third best mark in the NFL. By the way, he's also thrown for eight touchdowns beyond the 20-yard line. And beyond 20 yards, more precisely, and just one interception. Gino is at like three touchdowns and two picks in those situations. So... They might be doing it at the same rate, but they're not having success nearly at the same rate as the Cowboys are. But if there's one way that you could see this game getting complicated, is Geno suddenly getting some luck in that area of the offense? Because I'm not sure exactly what's going on with the Seahawks offense because you look at the players that they've got and they should be having much more success. 
but whether it's the turnovers or whether it's the lack of a solid third down offense, it seems like Seattle struggles uh, moving the football right now. The way that they could complicate things is if suddenly the Cowboys' defensive backfield has some breakdowns in coverage, which we absolutely do not want to see uh, this Thursday night football. So that would be number one on my list. Just survive as you've been doing it, and perhaps even better, make the most out of it because Gino is going to give you opportunities on this game. I even talked about this being Dayron's best chance at a pick six, maybe. Because he's the quarterback with the most turnover-worthy plays uh, percentage-wise that the Cowboys are going to face the rest of the way. And he's going to trust DK. Even with those numbers that I just mentioned, he's going to give DK uh, at least a 50-50 ball in, in each game. And you just know that, right? So Bland could have an opportunity of taking the ball away from Mr. Uh, from Mr. DK. Now, I know DK is the big guy on the receiving side of things for for the Seahawks. And I know that Tyler Lockett, although he's not really that super speedy receiver that you would rank among the fastest guys on the team, we do know that, for example, against the Eagles, we saw a lot of De'Ron Bland against Devonta Smith, and we saw a lot of Gilmore against A.J. Brown which I would assume is the best comparison for DK, right? AJ, DK, more or less uh, similar receivers. Now, I don't want to be disrespectful to AJ because I do think he's on a different level, but I wonder how the Cowboys deploy their cornerbacks on this one. Uh, And I I might be getting ahead of myself here, actually, but I'm just going to do it. I don't care right now. One of the keys to this game has to be just like the perimeter, the perimeter, because, man, This game is fun to me because it's like playmakers defensively against playmakers offensively. And I mean that on both sides of the ball. So you do have DK, you do have Tyler Lockett. And one matchup that could really get messy for Dallas could be Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now, Seahawks fans are not exactly happy with the way that they've treated JSN here in his rookie season because they're not targeting him a whole lot. They're not being super creative with how they get him the football. But Smith and Jigva, I think he's playing some decent football so far. He had a one-handed grab against the 49ers, which was absolutely insane. He's turning, he's reaching with his one hand, pulling it in. Pretty good stuff right there. And we know that Jordan Lewis is getting a lot of hate from Cowboys fans. And we've talked about it here on the show. Uh, Skywalker Steel a week ago or so was in here showing us tape about Dayron Bland, uh, excuse me, about Jordan Lewis and how he, in fact, does not suck, as many people like to say. But still, Jackson Smith and Jigba, though, against Lewis should be a back-and-forth battle. So I would expect Lewis to lose some of those reps, but also win some. Uh, I'm looking forward to that battle. And then on the other hand, you've got CeeDee Lamb, Devon Witherspoon, we had a full show about this. Brandon Cooks and Tariq Woolen. You know, it's a fun game, matchup-wise. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how Dallas goes about beating a defense that likes to play a lot of zone. And we saw the Cowboys play the Jets early on in Week 3, and they had all sorts of zone beaters at hand. 
against the Jets. CeeDee Lamb had a monster game back then. Now I think we see something similar on this one. I think it's going to be a huge CD game. That's just my my uh, personal opinion, even against these cornerbacks. They play a lot of zone, and I'm not sure that's what they want to do against this Cowboys offense. So I expect some uh, some heavy dose doses of motion on offense to try to really outplay the leverage and all that. Uh, but I think we see CD find the soft spots during the entire game, basically, uh, even against this very talented group of cornerbacks. Uh, big day big day for over the middle of the field passing, too, because I think that's where Dak will likely want to focus his attention. But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, that was one of my keys to the game. It was going to be my last one, but I got carried away with the receiver talk. So there you go. Now, let me see some of your comments before I give you my other key to the game, which I think is perhaps the matchup that could really complicate the game a little bit and that could be the, the one that gives the Cowboys a little bit of a headache. We're going to get to that. But first, let me see some of your comments. Mark says, Bland could pick one off, but DK is so fast, he could run him down. Uh, I read they were like 29th against the run in time for Pollard and Dowdle to chime. Yeah, this could be... This, this this could be tricky because I'm not sure about what stat is that one, Mark. Um, so personally, I wouldn't know. But I will say they're more they're closer to average against the run than they are uh, bottom of the NFL in my eyes, at least. Uh, let's see here. Our O line says Isidro is healthy and playing very well. So the Sea Chickens. Oh man. The Sea Chickens are going to have a long day, says Isidro right there in the YouTube chat. Let's talk about that exactly, because I think that's where the next matchup to watch is. In the trenches for the Cowboys offensive line. Credit where credit is due. I do think that the Seahawks have a very solid defensive line. Doesn't look like much when you look at the lineup, when you go through the to a regular replay. Doesn't look like they have a lot to talk about, but hear me out. It starts with Boye Mafe up front for Dallas, uh, for Seahawks, excuse me. And that's their defensive end, very young guy, uh, second-year player in the NFL. Boye Mafe had a seven-game streak of sacks. He was getting to the QB consistently. Now, we can talk all we want about the QB uh, sacks, uh, I mean, about the sacks being a QB stat, and all that, we can talk about how luck is a little bit involved in those. But to go on a seven-game run where you are sacking the quarterback consistently, that's got to catch your attention. It gets a little bit more scary, uh, quote-unquote. He's top 10. No, he's actually 11th in pass rush win rate among edge rushers. And he's in the top 10 of run block win rate in the NFL. So Boya Mafe, it starts with him. I think he's going to be a fun challenge to watch, especially because I was trying to think back to when was the last time that the Cowboys faced a real dog on defense, like offensive line against opposing defenses. And I thought for a second, like maybe Brian Burns with the Carolina Panthers, maybe that's the guy you could go with. But even then, like, 
Carolina does not have a lot to hurt you with. So I would even go back to the Philly game. I think that the Cowboys have not faced a defensive line this good since Philadelphia. Now, I don't mean that as in, oh, the Cowboys are, have not been tested or anything like that. But I mean that as in, hey, that's the matchup that I'm going to be watching. Like Boya Moffitt, can he exploit Terrence Steele the way that Hassan Reddick did back in week nine? He shouldn't be able to do that because Hassan Reddick, in my opinion, is a much better player. But, and that was a bad day. That was a rough day for Terrence Steele. But can he hurt the Cowboys from that spot? I would be looking forward to seeing that. And then they've also got some other players that he could very well talk about. They've got Jerron Reed on the interior defensive line. This is another player that's in the top 10 of pass rush win rate among defensive tackles. Actually, excuse me, top 20, uh, but still a, a, a menace, in my opinion, on the inside. And it's going to be a fun matchup between him and, of course, the Cowboys' interior offensive line. And remember, they've got Leonard Williams. They traded for Leonard Williams. So suddenly, you've got Boya Mafe. You've got two interior defensive linemen that you could worry about. They work in uh, Draymond Jones on a lot of their plays. And this is something that I actually wanted to bring up. Since Leonard Williams joined the Seahawks, the Seahawks actually have one of the best pass rushing combos in the NFL per pressure rate. Uh, shout out to Arjun Menon, who keeps putting amazing graphics on Twitter every single week. And he puts together one that I love, which is top four man combinations in pass rush. And to give you context, like the Cowboys are near the top of this list every single time with the NASCAR front. You know, the four defensive front that includes Fowler and includes Armstrong and Lawrence and Parsons. But the Seahawks are in there with their regular defensive line, which would be, in that case, it's Draymond Jones, is Leonard Williams, it is Jerron Reed and Boye Mafe. So this team can actually get to the QB in several situations. Uh, and that's a matchup that I'm excited about. Uh, they've got a top 10 defensive line in pass rush win rate overall as a unit and also against the run. Uh, the Cowboys, though, have been on the rise offensive line-wise. And we've seen some of Tyler Smith's best play recently. We've seen Terrence Steele settle down since the Philly game. Obviously, Tyron Smith is playing at a Hall of Fame level right now. And Zach Martin, you know, we might be talking here and there about him taking a step back in his game, but still a dominant right guard for the Cowboys. I think lately, this is the best version of the offensive line this season that we've seen from Dallas. And I hate to be super cliche and talk about continuity, but at the beginning of the season, it was a rocky road for this offensive line. Now they're getting some games together. So it would make sense that suddenly they're settling in in the trenches. I like the Cowboys' chances on that matchup, but still I think that's kind of like one of the challenges that could pop up tomorrow night when the Cowboys take on uh, the Seahawks. Let's see what you guys have to say here in the chat. Jack says, I believe we got this one. Not, under, not, not underestimating the Seahawks. And hey, that's a fair way of looking at it for sure. I don't think anyone would talk about the Seahawks being like a trap game because if the season ended today, they would be a playoff team. 
But also, I think like everyone is in agreement that Cowboys should take care of of them uh, tomorrow night. Let's see here, ladies and gentlemen. Which team is favorite, says Katharina? Oh, it's the Cowboys, and it is the Cowboys by a whole lot. Uh, it is the Cowboys minus half, minus nine and a half. Uh, so Cowboys are favored by over a possession right there. Let's see here. Guru says, even Seattle, Devon Witherspoon is in trouble versus Lamb Cook's duo. Man, that's that's one of the matchups that, and, and I'm not diving into them into it so much today because we did earlier in the season. But man, Devon Witherspoon and Tariq Woolen against CD and Brandon Cooks is going to be so fun. Uh, we talked about this earlier in the week. Woolen is very good in man coverage, but they play a lot of zone. So we don't get a lot of Woolen in man. Uh, but Devon has quickly become one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, honestly. Toxic says another obnoxious spread won't touch that. Uh, I'm going to get into that just in a little bit. Uh, one more comment, though, that I wanted to, to read here is from Mark, who said the Ravens ran for 298 yards against this Seattle team. Mark, that sounds like a college football stat. Damn. <laughs> you see that, and then you see the Browns game where they allowed every screen to be a big play, basically. And then you see the Seahawks unable to put anything together against the Niners. And hey, I know that the Cowboys fans can relate. But what I want to say is this Seahawks team is weird. It's just inconsistent. And I think they, they are tough to figure out because they've had different problems throughout the season. At times, we felt bad about the defense early on. Remember, uh, you know, that even that uh, upset loss to the L.A. Rams where Matthew Stafford was locked in and was picking them apart. That was the main concern. And then it was a little bit of the offense. Now Geno Smith is hurt. And now D.K. Metcalf doesn't seem to be working in the contested uh, situations as he usually does. So... Weird game to figure out because the Seahawks are weird to figure out. I was talking to a friend who covers the Seahawks, and he was like, man, if it's not one thing, it's another thing with this team. So, yeah. In short, the Cowboys should absolutely take care of business tomorrow night. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to betting the Cowboys and our game prediction. So let me know in the chat, what are your scores for tomorrow night, let me know. Drop them in there. Uh, the game is a little bit difficult to bet. Minus nine and a half. It's a home game, so you get the large betting spread. 46 and a half is the over-under. I cannot touch that, so I'm going with a side on this one. Let me know in the chat. Would you take the Cowboys minus nine and a half, or would you take the Seahawks? In other words, do the Cowboys cover nine and a half points? on this one let me know in the chat what do you think about it let's see what you guys have to say about that uh 45 to 17 dallas is gregory oh damn let's go 36 17 for katharina 27 20 for toxic tom so he's going with uh the cover for the seahawks 35 21 for modelo shorty says 27 21 cowboys not covering Isidros is 38-13, Cowboys. Listen, we are 9-2 and 
this year with betting the Cowboys. That's a tremendous, I don't want to pat myself in the back. But that's like, those are not sustainable numbers. Last year, we were also on fire. This luck is bound to run out at some point, in my opinion. As I always say, one of the rules for that segment is making minus 110 bets so that we have a 53 goal, 53% goal, because that would be a profitable season. But right now, we are rolling. And I take that segment seriously because of it. Minus nine and a half, large betting spread. Large betting spread. And my inner sports better, my inner objective, unbiased sports better, wants to take the points. I won the points with the Seahawks. Like, it's a large betting spread. The Cowboys have covered 13 and a half against the Commanders. They covered... Minus, I, I don't even remember what the spread was against the Giants. It was like 17 and a half. They covered, uh, was it 10 and a half against the Panthers? Insane betting spreads. And I think that the buy low, sell high thing is one of my biggest rules in sports betting. You know, like... The Seahawks are not covering anything and the Cowboys are covering everything. So people are going to be betting Dallas with all their, all their might. And then they're going to be disappointed when they don't cover. So usually, yeah, I would take the Seahawks. Right now, football-wise, I really can't. I really can't specifically because if Dallas goes up, by two possessions. So I think it's going to be the same old, same old story. I think that the Seahawks also have a very questionable offensive line that the Cowboys can exploit. I think Dallas has the cornerbacks to make plays on the ball with Geno. I do expect at least one interception tomorrow night. And I don't have that football reason to back up my inner math reasoning that is almost automatic for me in many spots here on on when I bet NFL games. So I'm going with the Cowboys, minus nine and a half. Listen, I got to do it. If this was the same betting spread for a team that had a favorable matchup that I could bet on, maybe I would take the points. But I'm putting aside my usual betting strategies and I'm saying, you know what? I think that the Cowboys should be at least a double-digit favorite for this one. And if they were, if they were plus 10, I would probably take Seattle just because of the key number. Uh, but give me the Cowboys minus nine and a half. And we're going to try to keep on rolling here and get to 10 wins in the season and two losses. Uh, so that's going to be fun to follow because it's a tight, tight betting spread. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I hate to go against a playoff team and be favored by nine and a half. But that is the way that it is. Uh, you know, Cowboys could really make some plays defensively. And I do think they can really attack that uh, secondary. Uh, Jimmy says, bet the money line. I can't, Jimmy. That's that's the rule here. Minus 110 only. Because otherwise, we could really come up with some weird bets and work, work around the tough choices. So every week, I do a minus 110 bet. That's the rule. So I got to respect it. Um, What's your exact game score, Mo, says Guru. So what I wrote down right here on my notebook 
is, man, kind of like an unexciting one, but like 30 to 17. And maybe that's high, but I truly believe the Cowboys can pull that off. 30 to 17 is my final prediction for the score. Ladies and gentlemen, with that, I say thank you for tuning into the show for one more week. Thursday night, you know you get the game day show with Skywalker Steele and Jesse Holly, And I will see you on Sunday night. Hope that you enjoy your weekend. Hope that you enjoy the Cowboys game tomorrow. And hopefully, when we see each other again on Sunday, we will be talking about a Cowboys game, about a Cowboys win. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much. And I'll see you at Lamingo. Hit the like button for me. And I hope that the Cowboys get to 9-3, and three, man. And also, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say, but this weekend, I'll take all the help I can get. Go Niners. Bye-bye.